So friends, welcome back to the Deep Roots Podcast, and welcome to part two of our conversation on community with myself, Richard Clinton, and Chris Dearborn. As we continue the conversation of what community can look like in our lives and how we have walked in true community with the people around us. So we'll pick up the conversation there. You touch on something that I want to get your reaction to, and you might know what I'm talking about. Morgan from Ransom Heart had this thing. He was, he was actually on the Ansons podcast. And just kind of offhand, he said this thing that just really jumped out at me. Authenticity with all. Vulnerability with a few intimacy with a fewer. And I think that begins to define community. So first of all, be authentic. That doesn't mean, like what you were saying, vomit everything over all over everybody all the time. That's just dumb. But like if somebody says, hey, how you doing, man? You know, at least let your tone indicate that you're not doing well. Yeah. I, just some very purposeful decisions to stop bullshitting everybody around you because that's become a thing that I've noticed in halls at my work is, and this is anywhere, uh, is the, hey, how you doing? They're not actually asking you how you're doing because you're in the middle of passing each other. Like, there's hi. no freaking way. Yeah. So, and, and I used to, uh, like maybe five, 10 years ago, I used to like respond and like, yeah, I'm doing all right. And then I'd ask them how they're doing. And I still try to, but it's so hard because you're literally passing each other in the halls. But most times I'm just like, hey man. And I don't ask how they're doing because I know that they're not asking, how am I doing? Because I could have a conversation about that. But with their lips, they're saying they do, but with their actions, they're saying they don't have time. So anyway. Authenticity with all, vulnerability with a few, intimacy with a fewer. So how does that hit you? Yeah, when I hear those words, when I hear the, I, uh, what you just said, and I listen to that podcast as well, it's kind of how I look at the way we do our weekends, for one. I'll, I'll use that comparison first, sure. and then I'll, I got, I got yeah. one more thing yeah. I'll go to. But when we're stepping in, we're, we're in front of... 20-some-odd men or whatever, however many men come out to the weekend or, or, or whatnot. So each one's going to be a little different. But, you know, there's an authenticity there that we try to convey of being real about not just – no, we're not just trying to deliver a message, but how is this a part of our lives? How What's the realness in our story with what we're trying to teach, right? And then from there, it's the, the true vulnerability and, and the realness beyond that can only happen within a smaller circle. So yeah. I'll say we have our group. We have our team of seven men, mm-hmm. right, that runs these weekends. And we get to know each other, and we reach out. We have this group text that we have. And, you know, if something's going on, usually if somebody will fire something out there, then everybody responds or prays together or something. You know, something happens, So which is good. Mm-hmm. But then there's... There's deeper vulnerability that's also needed beyond that. And that can only happen with a few. So, Chris, you and I, uh, the time we get spent together, me and Butch, the time we've spent together, we've had a lot of good conversations. We've got to know each other in a lot of good ways. But there's usually only one or two that truly can see what's going on behind the scenes, right? So you're talking about like we're you know, talking to these 20 men uh-huh. and then we have our group. Well, 
at our last weekend, one of our guys basically pulled us into this into one of the rooms, like, and kind of got with you and just like, hey, at some point, can we, as the facilitators, get together and talk? Yeah, and yeah. we're not like all texting each other all day long. So there is space for like, kind of, you know, somebody to go through some things and not really either take the time or yeah. have the time to talk about it yeah. like it needs to be talked about yeah. with other people. So one of our facilitators like, hey, guys, can we talk? And, and it wasn't a big deal. We, you know, it was well done. And we all got together and basically he just laid out some of the struggles he's been going through. And he's had a lot of life situations changing. Like when those, not bad things, but just when those came up, I was like, oh my gosh. Like yeah. when, when I first knew that his life situation would be changing, I'm like, Ooh. Oh, wow. I'm, yeah. I was waiting yeah. for this. Not, not in expectancy, not like wanting to hear it, but just knowing what happened to me when big shifts happen in my life. Yeah. Like stuff starts to fall by the wayside and you stop praying in the morning or you stop reading your Bible. There are, these shifts that happen when big situations change. So this guy said, hey, going through some stuff, I need your help. And what that did for us as a team was invaluable. Mm. It took our weekends from being, hey, here's these seven guys that I go and spend the weekend in the mountains with twice a year and kind of talk to a bunch of men it took it from that to being hey you other six men are the only men that i trust yeah. with this information with this story yeah because i know that you have my best interests at heart yeah yeah so when that guy came forward like i was humbled absolutely there's like the vulnerability with a few yeah so i mean if you want to react to that, I'd love yeah. to hear, well, what was going through your mind, what you think yeah. about that now? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely react to that. And uh, in that moment, and having that conversation with that man, and, and really, um, when he first laid out to me what was going on, at first, you know, it was good for my heart to know that he trusted me enough, first mm -hmm. to share it. Oh, my gosh. Like that alone. Yeah. And, and I love this guy. Right, we, yeah, we, you know, and he, he's he's been a big a big part of our team, and and it goes beyond just the team, but yeah, the need for for us to stand together, hear what was going on in his life, each one of us being able to speak into his life in different ways, in different contexts, mm -hmm. different things mm -hmm. that are going on in our, in our own stories. You know, it, it, it was interesting because it was we we had finished our last session for the night. This was the last night. For the weekend, but we were all standing together, and I think with everything we 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 we've gone through, um, that moment was pivotal in. And I don't know, I don't know how this looked to uh, the other men because I know we'd alluded that we we stood together, and uh, I think in some ways that that last morning we really wanted to show them in what it looked like to be a true band of brothers. Mm -hmm. 
and we stood shoulder to shoulder that weekend, not just solidified our connection, right? But it, it showed, hey, look at this group of men. They don't just speak it. These guys are actually trying to live it. Mm-hmm. And like we said, we're not, we're not perfect at it. We're not great at it. But it's, we know it's not just needed in our lives, but it's needed in everyone's life. And every man and every woman, they need that connection. They need that, that sense of that place. They need that place where they can be vulnerable enough to trust their story and their struggles with a few. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and think about this, Chris. Jesus is the prime example of this. He's the prime example of what this looks like. Because Jesus, we know the story, he had his 12. He had his 12 disciples, and these 12 men, they walked with Jesus his three years on earth, right? Or his three years of his ministry. But from that 12, Jesus had three. Jesus had James, Peter, and John. That was that real intimate circle. So, So looking at that being the prime example of what it looks like to say this is the the group of people that i trust the group of men that i trust these are the ones that i truly he revealed himself to them yes that's good he's the ones that he revealed he revealed himself to them who he was and they they saw for the man of transfiguration and all of that. They saw Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane. Thank you. Yes. And all all of those those moments where they were the ones that got to be a witness to that. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot when you think about community and think about connection of it wasn't diminishing the other nine disciples, but these three have a very dear near place to my heart so that's i think that's the example there because you can only be fully vulnerable and open with so many people it's got to be a few it's got to be a a small few it can't be a large group if you will you're authentic with them but you're only open with a few i think that's a big problem in our society nowadays we've mistaken authenticity for vulnerability. Yeah. I can't remember where I heard this, but in battle, your field of vision shrinks down to the man on your left and the man on your right. And I think that speaks to that, um, I think it speaks to our limitation as human beings, as creatures that need to go to bed at night Creatures that need to eat food or we die or drink water. Yeah. Like if there's anything to debunk the whole, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When when that verse is used as a way of saying nothing affects me, if there's one thing to debunk it, it's that. Like literally you have to go to sleep every night or you'll die. <laughs> you have to eat food or you'll die. You have to drink water or you'll die. <laughs> Some pretty clear limitations on us as human beings. So so we've gone from like authenticity with all, vulnerability with a few, yeah. and then intimacy with fewer. I guess kind of playing off your 
you know, you're you looking at Jesus, I kind of look at his disciples and I'd be like, well, I'm sure Jesus was authentic with everybody. I'm sure he was vulnerable with most of his disciples. I doubt he was vulnerable with Judas because, you know, he knew what they was in the heart him. of men. Right. But then you got Peter, James, and John. And what's interesting is, even out of that group, though, there's a sec- there's another tier, possibly. And this is just me conjecturing. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved. Mm. Like, what is, like, that might mean even, like, for Jesus, at least, there was, like, this one guy who was like, oh, yeah. this guy's my man. <laughs> and if you read John especially, I, I really think Jesus loved him so much. Because John, right off the bat, the way he starts the book of John is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And basically saying that John knew who Jesus was. And just for me, when I read through John, I just see John finding the love in the stories. I really feel that John really held on to that love. I think that's why it says it. In that book, you know, the disciple whom Jesus loved. I, I think it's because John just, I think he just kind of understood in yeah. some sort of very baseline level, Jesus loves me, I love him, and I can be completely at home with him. Yeah. I, I think. That or he was that full of himself that he's like, this guy loves me. <laughs> <laughs> Possible. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, no, I, I agree. And uh, I, I definitely see that that gospel is written so different from the other three. And John pinning that and saying that over and over and over through the course of it, it's like, you know, I, I think there may be, there's something to what you were just saying, Chris, of that he truly began to feel what it looked like mm-hmm. to be loved by Jesus, well, to be loved by God. He hangs on his every word. Yeah. Like, read, like, the last few chapters of John, especially the part where Jesus prays. Yeah. John is the one who writes all that out. Yeah. In such detail. Like, John is hanging on his words. He's he's hanging on the, I am the vine, you are the branches. So, just me personally, I think... That's where, especially with John at least, and I think this is can be said of Peter and James as well. Yeah, is the intimacy was with them as well, but I think with John, like John was just in adoration mm. of the man who Jesus was. I like where you go with that because I, in some ways, it gives me the picture. This is kind of what I feel of right now is that yes, this is how Jesus was this particular way with John, and John felt it, and John got this. John got this privilege, if you will, to be able to pen those particular words, especially like Jesus's prayer in John 17, right? Mm -hmm. No other gospel pens that. That's something John specifically was able. So there's this, there's something special to that. But to tack onto that, the connection that Jesus also had with Peter Mm-hmm. His was a different kind. It was a different, and that's so, what exactly. So when you said John got the privilege, so to speak, I don't think of like John got a privilege and and toss this right on back if you don't think so. But I kind of see like John got this piece of Jesus, kind of like this flavor of Jesus. Yeah, no other disciple that I can think of really captures. Yeah, and I think that he was able to get that image of that piece because that was that was honestly Jesus is by himself in that prayer, but he's the one that, that's 
open to, to pin those particular words. This is what happened. But then with Peter, I think just because of my story, I relate more to John because I deeply desire that friendship yeah. with Jesus that he talks about in that prayer. Yeah. But with Peter, it seems like you're noting something about Peter and his relationship with Jesus that is of a different flavor. I think that's the, that's the important piece there of uh, from this idea of community and from authenticity to vulnerability to intimacy of Jesus had this view and this idea of my relationship with you is not the same as my relationship with the next man. And that's the picture there of that's where the intimacy begins. So John had this intimacy with Jesus that just that you see just laid out through that gospel. But you see the intimacy that Peter has. And from beginning to end, Peter's Peter's there with him, you know, and then then you have Peter's denial, right? He runs away weeping. But then by the Sea of Galilee, it's Jesus's intentional restoration of Peter. And what that says to me also is that with each connection, with each relationship, there's something specific that's needed, that's unique. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't have to go restore John in the same way. He didn't have to restore James in the same way. He had to restore Peter. So there was a specific reason why that is pinned in the gospel of seeing this is a man that's betrayed Jesus. He's gone away from him. He, even though he said he would never leave his side, he did, you know? Yeah. And so I, I can only imagine the feeling of what's going on in his mind after all this. And, you know, they've seen Jesus. They, he's come back, but he's still turned away from uh-huh. God. It's like that elephant in the room. Yeah. It's like, this is, like, isn't oh, said. Man. This isn't said. One of the other guys knew it, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, it's Peter. Yeah. I mean, of course, like, they knew of what Jesus said, but, right. like, I wonder if that story got told. If it happened. After, yeah. after Jesus yeah, died. Absolutely. And then, yeah, and then you take it back, back to uh, the Sea Galley, and, and then they're sitting, that, that band of brothers again is sitting by that fire having yeah. breakfast. And then Jesus pointedly goes right to Peter. Jesus, uh, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Simon, he does it three times. One three denials. <laughs> There he asks. And, like, but, you know, and that just, that tells, that it, it says a lot when we talk about that, when we talk about community, we talk about the intimacy that's needed, you know, quite frankly, with so many of us, we don't, we don't have that, right? To kind of bring it back a little bit is that we're not willing to go to that level of intimacy in many respects. Yeah. Even with the people we're closest with. Yeah. You know? And like I said earlier, it's not necessarily about vomiting everything that's going on every time. Because that happens. People that want to have a pity party around them all the time, and that's that that does nothing. But there's also, when you go from authenticity to vulnerability to intimacy, trust begins to be established. And I think that's the important factor is there. there's now, there's an established trust in the people that I'm closest with. And it's not this whole idea of accountability, you know, and that's a whole other can of worms. So that's what I actually, so, okay, let's, let's see. I think we should try to open that can of worms. Get it. Um, Pry it open. So friends, I think that's a good stopping point for this episode on community. If you missed our first episode, 
I encourage you to go back, take a listen to that, and we pray that uh, you will find that this conversation is helpful as Chris and I continue to break down community and break down what that looks like. And as we go into 2020, friends, we would look forward to, to continuing this conversation on community. This will be the final episode for 2019, so we pray that you will join us in January for part three, as Chris and I will continue to break this down and really talk about this in, in even greater detail to our lives. And then we will jump into new topics and definitely some additional things that, are, that have been laid on our hearts that we are lo- looking forward to, to discussing and bringing to you and even looking forward to bringing more of our team into this discussion with you. Um, So friends, in the meantime, to find out more about us, we encourage you to go visit us on our website at deeprootsministries.org. There you can find information about us, about our backstory, who we are, and also find out information about our events that are coming up, including the Anvil Men's Boot Camp, which takes place in March, March 26th through 29th, and then the Unveiled Women's Encounter, which takes place the first full weekend of June. And there'll be more information about that as we get in 2020, as well as additional events that are on the horizon and more things that we'll be offering. And we look forward to diving into that and really charging ahead in 2020. We're excited about where the Lord continues to take us in the mission that He's laid in front of us. So friends, in the meantime, we pray that you will have a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. We look forward to speaking with you again in 2020 and bringing more to you with the Deep Roots Podcast. So friends, take care and God bless.